you talk about nine hours into the event, you're pro- you, your body's kind of numb by then. You just go. You're on autopilot. You just get off the top of the chair and you just ski. What's up, Hey Basin Faithful, and welcome to a brand new show called Good Morning Arapaho Basin, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of your favorite ski area to bring you the voices and the stories that make us the legend. Good morning, Arapaho Basin. This is WRDF424. Please stand by for your morning update. I'm Catherine Fuller, A-Basin's public relations lackey. With me is my co-host, my boss, and our marketing director, Jesse True. Say hi, JT. Hi. Good afternoon. (laughs) So a podcast was sort of your idea. Why exactly are we doing this? We are doing this because I saw podcasts keep coming up in the ski industry, some really, really good. Um, And I thought it was a really interesting way to try to reach our audience and talk about things that are really important and maybe behind the scenes at the Basin that I think people would be interested in. Well, that was my next question for you. In your completely unbiased opinion, why should somebody care and listen to this podcast? The Basin is such a special place with such a strong community and such an important sort of family atmosphere. That family can be a group of friends or it can be truly your family. And I think people are really interested in what goes on here. I say this all the time, but... I have friends who've skied here for 30 years who don't live here anymore and still call it their place. There's a sense of ownership here that is unlike anything I've ever experienced in the ski industry, frankly, in any industry. Um, And I think it's really, really interesting to try to sort of show what goes on to make things happen here. All right, I thought we should introduce ourselves a little just this once to give some context. I've been in the outdoor industry for about 15 years, primarily in the mountain bike and advocacy worlds. I've also have a journalism background, so I'll be the primary wrangler of this podcast. And I've been here at A Basin for three and a half years, which is equivalent to about five minutes in the A Basin universe. People definitely seem to stick around for a long time. I am originally from Texas. That usually comes up eventually, so I'm just going to get it out of the way. I did not grow up skiing or snowboarding, but learned to do both right here at A-Basin starting when I moved to Colorado in 2010. As for you, Jesse, you're pretty fresh to our little marketing department, but you've been kicking around the ski industry in A-Basin for quite some time. I am new to to the Basin staff. Uh, I got here February of last year, been an A-Basin customer uh, for about 25 years. I moved to Summit County in 1994. I've been in the ski industry ever since. Uh, The sort of super cliche story came here for a winter after graduating college um, and got hooked. And I actually spent my first April in 1995 uh, skiing the basin every day and completely fell in love with Pally, uh, the basin, uh, the A-frame, and the whole vibe and the whole family. I've done a lot of different things in the ski industry. As you pointed out, it's been basically my entire adult life. Uh, I worked for Vail. I worked for IntraWest. I worked for Powder. Almost all in sort of marketing, sales, and revenue management type stuff. But I ended up doing a lot of operations uh, at Copper and Winter Park over the last decade or so. I can't not ask you this. What is fun about working here? Ah, everything. Uh, The people are the best. Uh, The leadership team is amazing. Uh, Our team is incredible. 
the ability to go ski pally laps at lunch is fantastic, I have to admit. I don't do it enough. Um, none of us do. Uh, but it is a wonderful place to call home and certainly to work and to see behind the scenes, to sort of pull back the curtain a little bit and see what it takes in order to operate this place. So that's us. And without further ado, let's jump into this thing. This week, we're going to talk about a little event called the Arapaho Basin Enduro. My first Enduro was the fifth annual. I've done 10, well, 12 Enduros. My partner, partner Jody Thompson and I did the first Enduro. We didn't even know we were going to do it. We decided the night before. I told her, come on, please. I'll pick you up tomorrow morning. I'll bring you a smoothie. And all we have to do is ski for 10 hours. And she kind of looked at me and said, okay, I think we can do that. And we did 44 runs on the first Enduro. Earlier this month, on April 13th, A Basin hosted the 33rd annual Enduro. The Enduro is a 10-hour ski and ride event on the Pallavicini Lift, featuring some of Colorado's steepest inbounds terrain. Teams of two sign up to ski or ride as many laps as they can in one day. At the end, there's a big party and the proceeds from the event are donated to a community member in need. The Enduro is one part celebration of very special terrain and one part celebration of our very special community. It should be noted that the Enduro is not a race. Teams keep track of their runs, but the only prize available is bragging rights. It should also be noted that there is some dispute as to who has skied the most runs and what that number actually is. So we won't touch that. Back in the day, we had a great group of people, Brian York and I, organized, but it was basically organizing itself because of the fact that it was all the people that skied the poly all the time, because that's what we did. That was Kayleen Pickett-Heaps. As you heard, she has participated in the Enduro a remarkable 12 times. She was also one of the main organizers in the early years and is still an A-Basin local. The origins of the Enduro are like many events at A-Basin. It was born from a group of regulars who like to do crazy things. Eventually, the grassroots event got big enough that A-Basin took over. But really, what that means is we handle the registration, sell the beer, and serve dinner. Other than the fact that the first Enduro was 12 hours instead of 10, it's not much different or more involved than it was originally. Our chief operating officer, Alan Hensroth, has been around since the beginning of the Enduro, so we asked him for a history lesson. Well, the, the Enduro, I think, was the brain trust of a couple local guys in the late 80s. Back then, everyone at Arapaho Basin had a nickname, so these two guys, Rodan and Juice, hatched this idea for the Enduro. And there were, there were many times that local skiers were, you know, you'd hear about so-and-so was trying to ski as many poly runs as they could in one day. And I think Rodan and Juice tried to, you know, kind of turn it into a real event. It, it didn't happen instantly overnight, but, but it's really morphed, I think, from a real competitive style event to this community event. And each year, there's a handful of teams that are trying hard to do the most runs. But that's not really the spirit of what we're doing with it these days. It's really meant to be something that a lot of people can be involved with. The Enduro Center is on some of our most challenging terrain and one of the most beloved lifts in the industry, the poly. It's just the best terrain. It can be skied over and over and over again, obviously. <laughs> it's the camaraderie, but it's actually the terrain, the conditions, the being able to put 
park your car in the parking lot, put your skis down next to your car, and ski right over the chair. It's a luxury. For more than 40 years, and through one replacement, Polly has remained a slow-speed double chair. The top of the lift is commonly called the center of the universe, and the poly terrain is a big part of what makes a basin unique. The point of the enduro originally was celebrating and enjoying this terrain with friends. What that means, ultimately, is that the enduro is hard. Terrain is steep. I mean, it's all double black diamond terrain. Um, some of it is super steep. It's challenging all the way. You know, it's a pretty short lift ride. Polly's only about seven minutes, but it's almost 1400 vertical and it's all real vertical. There's no like long, easy cruisy parts of it. It's just committed steep downhill the whole time. So there's never a run that's easy. The Enduro is fairly loose, but the one thing you can't do is pick your favorite run or the one with the best conditions and ski it over and over. There's actually a course to help spread people out, and it consists almost entirely of Polly's extreme terrain, save for a couple of black diamond runs that are definitely not groomed. 32 teams of two are allowed to sign up, and most will ski or ride between 40 and 70 laps. The people who rack up the most runs usually end up descending the equivalent of Mount Everest twice. You know, one, one thing uh, Rodan and Juice came up with was this concept of the 20 runs. And, and I don't even think that's changed in the whole time. It's still the original map those guys wrote up. You know, basically starting all the way over on the standard side, all the way over to the west side of the alleys, they drew out 20 different lines to ski. And so when you sign up for the enduro, um, you get assigned a run number to start on. So if you say get number nine to start, you start the morning on, on run nine and you go through 20 and then you come back around to one and just work your way through it. Those guys, I think, were brilliant with the way they came up with those lines. I got picked three years in a row for turbo and I don't know why that happened, but you know, it's okay. You get that, that turbo over. You always hope for picking run number one, starting at standard and working your way all the way over to the fourth alley. Um, it's also a way of keeping people honest because if you start on a certain run and you end on a certain run, we know how many runs you've done. When A-Basin took over, it kept much of the enduro the same, except that the fundraising aspect of the event became a bigger deal. Originally, a few leftover bucks would be passed along to someone who broke their leg that season or otherwise needed a hand. This year, our community raised more than $20,000 that was given to our assistant patrol director, who was diagnosed with cancer. Around enduro time, it's just, I, you know, it's, it's just where you want to be. It's, it's a fundraiser. This year, we helped out Matt Norfleet, who's one of our favorite patrollers. It's, um, we always like to gear the money towards something and someone who we love and who we spend time with. So Jesse, the Enduro sells out in about 30 seconds every year when it goes on sale. And you have said this is one of the coolest on-mountain events in the ski industry. Why is that? It's a incredibly passionate kind of day. When you get here at six in the morning, it's dark. Uh, oftentimes it's very cold and snowy. It's a spring day. The vibe around the Enduro is what I always say. It's what it's all about. This is the why we ski. It's the clan of skiers and riders. 
it uh, epitomizes the nature of skiing and sort of what links us all together. It's a really special kind of thing. I've never, ever seen any event that has that much soul and you can put on big events i've thrown you know major major ski events and they don't have the same level of soul that this does there isn't the kind of connection to the place that the skiers and riders have that that enduro athletes do i think it's very telling that people will do that and go through that physical exertion when there's no prize it's not an official race you know, I come from mountain biking and endurance events are really popular. They're challenging and fun and there's a big community, but there's a prize at the end. You can win. But our enduro really is an individual thing. People do it for their own reasons, whether it's to be out there with others or just to be out there on that terrain. Um, and, it, you know, they're proving something to themselves. Uh, I think, you know, if you... God, if you do any more than 40 runs, I think you're a superman or superwoman. And some years is beautiful and sunny and it's a spring pally day. Um, I have to say, those are few and far between, even though it's in the early part of April every year. There are certainly days here where you're skiing by feel. This seems like an event for people who really know the poly terrain. Absolutely. I think that's an interesting sort of behind the scenes portion of this. I think people who don't who don't ski here and don't know Polly really don't understand that this is a mountain made up of individual lines, not runs. There are thousands of lines that people ski off the Polly chair. There are specific enduro lines that are, are faster. Um, they may avoid bumps, if you will. Uh, certainly they avoid trees so that you are putting yourself at less danger when it's, you know, the seventh or eighth or ninth or tenth hour. There are sort of inside tricks to the game when it comes to the enduro. I do think the other important part of this, of course, is the fundraising aspect of the enduro. You know, we talk a lot about the experience and that it's limited and it's really special on this incredible terrain, but there is a purpose for running the enduro. And there are ways that people can and do get involved beyond skiing and riding for 10 hours, which is quite challenging. I do think it's important how much the community participates. There are only 32 teams, so 64 people who compete or who um, participate in the enduro from an athletic standpoint. But when we hold the dinner and there are 150 people here, everyone is, is contributing to the cause. I think there's no secret to the fact how hard it is to live in a ski town and how hard it is to make it up here. And so when one of us needs help, I think it's really important that we help each other out. And, uh, you know, I think Summit County has done a great job and specifically the Basin has done a great job um, of sticking up for their own and uh, making sure that we've got, you know, each other's backs when the cards are down. I think that's a really important part of the Enduro. It saves people's butt at times. To me, that's one of the most special things. This event really highlights how our community comes together. The Basin faithful love to ski and ride, obviously, but they're also very generous. The fact that we raised over $20,000, that didn't come from registration fees. And so we can't say thank you enough to everyone who pitched in. There is this certain feel, there's something about it that you don't get until you've done it. And I don't know, you know, we had been doing, I don't even know, we'd been doing quite a few of them. 15 of them probably already before I did my first one. I thought I completely understood it. 
The best part about the Enduro is 5 p.m. when it's done and we meet at the top. Everyone takes a picture, hangs out for a few minutes, and then everyone um, goes to the top and skis down turbo. It is something really special and the bond you have with your teammate and the bond you have with all the other skiers because you're communicating during the day and you're talking and you're watching how people are doing and you look over and you see all oh, so-and-so's skiing really well and ooh, so-and-so just took a big fall and you kind of know what's going on around and it is just such a wonderful, fun, special experience that, that there's something about it I just can't quite explain. I just love the camaraderie. It's great. Everybody screams at everybody. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's so much fun. It is really fun. With that, I think we have successfully made it through the first episode of Good Morning Arapaho Basin. Congratulations for hanging with us. By making it this far, you have won the right to tell us what you would like to hear. We plan to produce one of these about every two weeks, and we do actually read your emails and your social media comments. Yeah, absolutely. We get a great kick uh, in the marketing department out of reading people's interest in what we do behind the scenes uh, from an A-Basin entirety, not from a marketing standpoint. But uh, if you have any ideas of what you'd like to hear, what you'd like us to cover, who you'd like us to talk to, please let us know. Shoot us an email, uh, and we'll try to tackle that in the coming months. I am told by experienced podcasters that they cringe when they go back and listen to their early episodes, so I have faith that it's all uphill from here. I want to say thank you to our house band, Hobo Village, and to Ski Patrol Supervisor Devin Hare for lending us his reassuring radio voice. Thank you all for listening. Have a good day out there, and remember your sunscreen.